BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hey, y'all, what's up? Welcome to Right Now-ish, a special series all about life and land in Northern California. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Excited to get this thing started. We're kicking it off with a story from our state capital over in Sacramento County, where I've lived for three years now. I don't know if you know, but Sacramento summers are ridiculously hot. When we first moved out here, I was looking for a spot for my daughter and I to swim. So I took to Google Maps and I saw this spot along the American River. It's called Negro Bar. You know I had to go see it for myself. It's a normal park by a river, like a beach almost, but with more rocks. It's ideal for kids to swim in because of the rock pattern. It creates a crescent moon-shaped wading pool of sorts that's a bit removed from the main flow of the river. So we've been a couple times and we've really enjoyed ourselves. But Juneteenth last year, I made a trip out there with a friend and I noticed that the main Negro Bar sign had been thinly painted over with the words Black Miners Bar. And then I started seeing the reports on the news about the debate around its name. California State Parks is considering a new name for the Negro Bar area of Folsom Lake State Recreation Area. After years of discussion, the California State Parks Commission has decided to rename Folsom's Negro Bar. The name of the park has been contentious for decades. Time to start asking questions. Why the name change? What's the history of this place? And what does it take to properly memorialize black history in California? We're going to meet some folks who can help me answer all of that after this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. It's still kind of a common thing to hear this narrative that, well, black people didn't really start coming to California until World War II to work in the defense industry. And I grew up hearing that, but I knew it wasn't true because of my own family's experience. I'm Susan Anderson. I'm the history curator at the California African American Museum. 
Right now, Susan is collaborating with the California State Parks Department to present African-American history throughout state parks across California. Both of my grandparents were born in the Bay Area in 1913, and their parents had come to the Bay Area as young people at the end of the 19th century. So I knew growing up that there was more to this history than people were willing to uh, reveal. And I guess I kind of made it my mission to reveal it. Part of that work includes unearthing and researching the black presence at the state park named Negro Bar. Temporarily, it's been renamed as Black Miners Bar. So for the rest of this episode, we'll be calling it that. Folsom is a city in Sacramento County located about 20 miles northeast of downtown Sacramento. The state park I'm talking about offers walking trails surrounded by picturesque trees. There's a couple of sandy spots alongside the riverbank where the American River flows out of Lake Natoma. With this modern day setup as a recreational site, it's kind of hard to imagine what this town was like when it was established in 1848. So Susan is going to help us piece together that history. What I want people to understand is that the original name was actually the N-word. And it was what white people who settled in the area called that geographic space because that was how they categorized it since it was associated with African-American miners, African-American shop owners, African-American families who settled in the area. At some point in the United States, especially as the civil rights movement started gaining steam in the late 50s and early 60s, the N-word that was on uh, universally on official maps of United States got changed whether it was from the Federal Interior Department or other places, out of pressure from the civil rights movement and the guilt of people who were administering the maps and place names. So that's how Negro Bar got called Negro Bar. Once again, the land's name is being debated. There's been this kind of simmering issue about the park's name for many, many years. There's been kind of two ways that the community has looked at this name. One is that they felt that at least it acknowledged that there had been an African-American presence in the area and that a successful community of miners and their families and people who were serving miners had been established and that that was important for people to know. Then there was kind of another group in the community that felt, but Negro itself is a derogatory term. Why do I have to come up here and bring my children and bring my family and encounter this derogatory term? According to the U.S. Census from 1850, there were 500 to 600 residents at the site where Black Miners Bar is now. So, how was it Black folks arrived on the West Coast in the first place? 
people of African descent have been coming to California since people have been coming to California. People of conquest in Spain, they brought African descended Spaniards with them who were navigators, soldiers, sailors, priests, enslaved people. And once the U.S. seized California, the migration of Black people happened for other reasons. The country was in a crisis, in a crisis over slavery. And the year that California came into the United States, African Americans who were freed, who lived in places like Pennsylvania or New York or Massachusetts, they would be kidnapped on the streets by the lawful exercise of the fugitive slave law. And so people became very interested in what were the possibilities in the West. Will we be able to escape this kind of danger for ourselves? So African Americans were very interested in California as a possible beacon of freedom. Though California was a refuge, black folks still face racial discrimination which is what led many black miners and their families to congregate in their own area. From accounts that I've read, there were plenty of white miners who were very hostile to the presence of black miners. And so in a lot of cases, African-Americans would band together out of a sense of self-protection. To understand why it feels important to bring all that history forward when thinking about a name change, I talked to a person who wants it to remain Negro Bar. On a chilly Sacramento day, I met up with Michael Harris, a historian who has been studying this piece of land for decades. He's also part of a team working to properly honor its legacy. So I'm looking at almost, it's not log cabins, but it's a small brown cabin made of wood. The, the shed you see over there is part of the attempt by people of African descent to create a place for the interpretation of the history, to tell the complete story of people of African descent in the gold rush era. So that, that's what's at this site. And it's been on the general plan for maybe 20 years. Uh, there's been all sorts of uh, obstacles to implement it, but it's, it's, it's here now. I mean, we have keys to the structures that you see. From Michael, he really wants people to understand that this settlement is more than just black folks searching for gold. It's about black folks searching for liberation. The people that were coming out west were yearning to be free. They were looking for freedom and a place to like raise their families and a place to be human beings. And that was afforded to them in this area. Which factors into why Michael thinks that Black Miners Bar, as a name, isn't fit to describe the settlement that included more than just miners. For him, he's okay with it remaining Negro bar. Some people, they want to use 2022 nomenclature and ideas and values to talk about an 1848 story. There was nobody running around talking about I'm black and I'm proud in 1848. So to call it Black Miners Bar, you know, completely erases and like disparages that there were people of African descent here trying to figure out how to be free and set up towns, not just one. I mean, towns all up and down the American River. 
those towns were not too far away from the Black Miners Bar area. There were black settlements in Sacramento, Marysville, and El Dorado County. In creating towns for themselves in these California cities, black folks also established their own institutions. The free black people that came to California during this period came from the Atlantic states. And they were experienced campaigners and organizers. They had been members and officers in the anti-slavery societies of Pennsylvania and New York and Massachusetts. And they brought all of those organizing skills with them to California. And when California's first legislature passed laws that restricted their rights, they were denied the right to vote. They could not testify in court. Their children were not allowed to attend public schools. They fought back. We can thank these 19th century African-Americans uh, for what they were able to achieve in transforming California's civic culture. They took the kind of relatively free environment that California had, and they made the most out of it. According to a research report published by the Sacramento Historical Society, census data shows that by the middle of 1850, many black folks left the Black Miners Bar area, and some of them settled in a different area in Folsom that's been noted on archival maps as Negro Hill. There's still so much to be known about life at Black Miners Bar. Susan is working with other scholars and students to uncover more specifics on life there. She hopes this will give us all a fuller picture of American history and the role that black folks played in the early days of California. The lies about California's history have gone on long enough. We're in a time in our country where there's more people who are actually willing and open to hearing a history that's more challenging and more complicated than what we've been taught. This era of black history is important to Michael and Susan and is a necessary addition in the larger story of U.S. history. In a lot of ways, this is just a missing chapter. When I'm digging, I do find things. There are primary sources. There are historic records and documents and objects related to this history, but historians are people who make up the stories that we call history. They've overlooked this. They're going into the same archive I'm going into, and none of this shows up in their accounts. So there's a phrase that I've come up with, I call it archival blindness, because there are primary sources, they're not reflected in the historical accounts. How can we move forward if we don't really know what came before us? That's what Michael, Susan, and so many of us are asking. No matter what the name ends up becoming, it's important that the story is told. Accurately, widely, and with care. So what story does this land tell? Everybody thinks of California as the most liberal place, the most open place, a democratic place. Well, it didn't start out that way. And there are people like these 
first African-American settlers and mine gold miners who we owe a debt of thanks because of the work that they did that has allowed California to become what it is. Big thank you to Susan Anderson, history curator and program manager at the California African American Museum in Los Angeles. And thank you to historian and chair of Friends of Negro Bar, Michael Harris. Gotta honor the ancestors who called this land home before it had a name. And thanks to the land for holding on to our stories. Marisol Medina Cadena is the producer of Right Nowish. Chris Hambrick is the editor. Seal Muller is our engineer. Rice Stottenborough is our engagement intern. Cesar Saldana and Rhea Garwal are the engagement leads. Ethan Tovin Lindsay, Jen Chin, and Holly Kernan are the KQED execs. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. This is episode one in our series on life and land in Northern California. More to come next week. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Funding for Right Nowish comes from Akhenati Foundation, supporting the development of powerful social change movements to eliminate structural racism. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.